Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. So, I'm back. You may have been wondering where I've been for the past while. Um, Because to be honest, without looking everything up and getting distracted, I can't even tell you how long it's been since I recorded an episode. Um, I can tell you that there have been some pretty big things that have happened. Um, Not necessarily good things, but big things nonetheless. And I can also tell you that I'm finally ready to be back. I don't feel um, pressured. I don't feel pushed. I don't feel um, that I'm doing this out of obligation, but instead that I am at a place where I can um, teach the lesson I learned from a place of appreciation and not out of a place of misguided grief. So let's get started. Today, we are going to talk about where the heck I was (laughs) for that long of a time. Um, And then we're going to talk about grief. And then we're going to close things up with some journaling questions. And then, of course, um, we're going to dive a little bit into moving forward and what does that look like. So, grief. Let's talk about grief. Um, I Okay, so what happened? The What happened was um, I had a handful of podcast episodes scheduled out and I had finally gotten to a place where I felt I was getting a good rhythm. Um, I was able to record and have a couple of episodes, uh, scheduled ahead of time, which felt really awesome and spacious. And then I just kind of got, I had my schedule at that point, a handful of months ago, so rigid and so inflexible that literally any type of little change or buffer in my life wouldn't allow for my schedule to continue existing, which obviously is not necessarily good or realistic or practical or even um, healthy. I think at some point, you know, I, I do think that there needs to be boundaries and things like that, but there's a difference between having a boundary and having a schedule that is so inflexible that any little hiccup in your life literally obliterates everything. Um, And that's kind of the schedule I had set up. I thought I had built this really spacious schedule and to a degree I had, but I didn't build a schedule that was fluid. So I had something spacious, but not fluid. Um, So work kind of got away from me. I kind of got into the weeds a little bit. I didn't have that flexibility that I was wanting and I had talked about. Um, Everything was super rigid. And so, you know, I think a week passed and I realized, oh, crap, I'm going to run out of episodes. And I ran out of episodes. Um, And I was like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. You know, let me just make it through this one busy week. Let me me get my feet under me a little bit. And then I will go ahead and kind of get back on track. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, And then within literally, I think, less than 30 days. And to be honest... I don't know if I'll ever be ready to actually look at a calendar and do the math. Um, But I can say under 30, 35 days for sure, we went from being in a household of six to a household of four. Um, And if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast or you're relatively new to the podcast, um, 
we have fur babies at the moment. We do not have uh, human children. We just have furry children at the moment. Um, so my husband and I started out 2019 with three dogs and three cats. And within the space of a month, we had to put down our one of our dogs and one of our cats. And both of them were brutal. I'm not even going to try and sugarcoat it. Um, I tried a couple weeks ago recording this episode and I was still at a point where the grief was still too overwhelming and I almost was slightly re-traumatizing myself. Um, I ended up um, I just ended up not even publishing the episodes. I'll take them down and, you know, maybe one day I might publish, publish them. Um, it's the story of what actually happened. Um, but right now I, I can recognize that it was more re-traumatizing, um, than it was helpful. Um, Chewy, Chewbacca Stevens was our, our dog that we had to put down. Um, we had rescued him about well, a little bit over a year ago. Um, he wasn't able to be with us a full year before we had to uh, put him down. Um, by the time we had rescued him, he was five going on six. And he was also um, not well taken care of. Uh, he had kidney failure when we got him. And we knew that we didn't have a lot of time with him. Um, the vet had said at that point, you know, it could be a couple of months. It could be a couple of years. It just depends on how his body and his kidneys function. Um there wasn't necessarily anything that we could do other than provide him this um, really great life. So that's what we did. Um, and when it was his time, it was probably, sorry, I'm tearing up a little. Um, it was super peaceful. He was in some discomfort and I'm not going to even try and say he wasn't, but we got to spend time with him. He had lived freaking, we had made it that, God, if anyone ever wants to come back and be reincarnated as one of my animals, you are going to live a posh ass life because we had made every single day for all six of them. And during that time we had Chewy and Angel, um, just freaking amazing. Um, and when Chewy, Chewy's time came, uh, we knew that it was time to do the right thing and make sure he didn't suffer anymore. And we had to say goodbye and that shit sucked. <laughs> um, uh, but what made it worse, um, wasn't necessarily saying goodbye because we knew that we were literally on borrowed time and we knew that without a doubt he had an amazing fucking life. So none of that was any regret. It was just feeling a little bit of being robbed. Um, but what made it worse was less than 30 days later, our 19-year-old cat uh, had to be put down because it was his time too. Sorry. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Ah, tears of joy. Tears of being grateful. Um, but just like with everything, it was his time. And when it was his time, it was his time. Um, but what made it hard was I had had angel for 19 years uh he predated the husband which is saying something because I've known Ben since we were in fifth grade um and we've been together since we were in high school so to have someone some someone you know angel's my my baby but to have someone be with you for that long and for you to have to lose them just sucks no matter what um compa 
compounding that on top of losing Chewy within the span of a month just fucking sucked. And it wrecked me. I literally went numb. Um, and then I started to spiral into the grief a little bit. I reached out to a couple of my friends um, and I told them, I emailed them what was happening and I was like, hey, I'm going to go off the grid for a little bit. Like, I'm just not in a good place. All I keep doing is crying and I need to, I need to take time and I need to grieve. Um, and they were awesome and they were supportive. And I think in that instance, I did the right thing. Where I didn't do the right thing was I let myself spiral into the grief. And that that isn't healthy. Um, I hadn't realized how bad spiraling into the grief had been until my husband mentioned the fact that like a couple months later I was still hysterically crying at least once a week you know the most randomest thing would set me off I still wasn't acting like myself and it wasn't in a in a sense of hey you know you need to rush and move past this and why aren't you you know it wasn't in a negative sense per se it was in a sense of this isn't healthy um and you're also doing them a disservice by not honoring them, not remembering the fact that for one of them, you had for literally 19 years and most people would kill for that time span with their pets, let alone you got that. Um, And then with Chewy, we knew again from the get-go and we loved every moment that he had, we had with him. So it went from being attached to the, the anger around it and not fully grieving instead of honoring the life that we had with them, being grateful with the life that we had with them and knowing that um, I think of it as a soul pact where both us as mommy and daddy and them as the baby, uh, we both are in this soul pact together in this journey together. And we both agreed before either of us were ever conscious of it. It's a kind of a soulful karmic agreement that, we will both be there for each other and we will both grow together and we will both teach each other something. So that's why I say, if you ever want to have a really good life, come back as one of my pets because you get just like top of the line treatment for freaking sure. So, ah, sorry, didn't mean to sniffle on you guys. So needless to say, instead of grieving, I did start to grieve. I did start to process that. Um, I did start to do the things that made me feel better, but I kind of got stuck a little bit. I almost got kind of got stuck in this one point of the grieving process where I was stuck on repeat and I couldn't get past it. Um, and it was, it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. Um, and from that, from the time I've taken to look at that grief process, that grief, um, and also honor that grief. Um, I've got some questions for you that you can use as a journaling prompt. If you are in the process of grieving. Um, Whether it's now, whether it's sometime down the road, you're more than welcome to re-listen to this episode or go to the blog and see the questions, re-look at the questions and kind of have it help you move along the path of grieving. I don't believe that there should be a specific time frame in regards to grieving. I just believe that there are times where it can kind of get stuck at an unhealthy point and you need to go through all the stages of grief, not just be stuck in one or two or three of the loops. Uh, And with that being said, one of my girlfriends sent me this poem. Um, 
and it's not even the poem that's going to make me cry. It's just such a moving poem that I wanted to make sure in my own little slice of the universe that this got uh, archived. Um, I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. So don't worry about that. You'll be able to see it. It's a, a Reddit post. Um, and it's just, it's just genuinely beautiful. And through this grieving process and through the whole shebang, this was something that kind of gave me a lot of comfort and I hope that it can give you comfort. So if you hear me sniffle or, you know, tear up a little bit, it's just because I found what this person wrote to be so moving and so beautiful that like, I couldn't, I couldn't not be moved by it. No matter how many times I read it, I'm still deeply grateful and moved by what this person wrote. So without further ado, I am going to read you this poem. Um, it is, and let me go back to it really quickly. So it's a guy on Reddit posting a thing that says, you know, my friend just died and I don't know what to do. And this is someone that's responding to uh, his post on Reddit. So here it goes. Beginning of the poem. All right, here it goes. I'm old. What that means is that I've survived so far and a lot of people I've known and loved did not. I've lost friends, best friends, acquaintances, coworkers, grandparents, mom, relatives, teachers, mentors, students, neighbors, and a host of other folks. I have no children, and I can't imagine the pain it must be to lose a child. But here's my two cents. I wish I could go and say you get used to people dying. I never did. I don't want to. It tears a hole through me whenever someone I love dies, no matter the circumstances. I don't want it to not matter. I don't want it to be something that just passes. My scars are a testament to the love and the relationship that I had for them and with that person. And if that scar is deep, so was the love. So be it. Scars are a testament to life. Scars are a testament that I can love deeply and live deeply and be cut or even gouged and that I can heal and continue to live and continue to love. And the scar tissue is even stronger than the original flesh ever was. Scars are a testament to life. Scars are only ugly to, to people who can't see. As for grief, you'll find it comes in waves. This is normally when I tear up, so sorry. When the ship is first wrecked, you're drowning with all the wreckage around you. Everything is floating. Everything floating around you reminds me of the beauty and the magnificence of the ship that was and is no more. And all you can do is float. You find some pieces of the wreckage and you hang on for a while. Maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's a happy memory or a photograph. Maybe it's a person who is also floating. For a while, all you can do is float. Stay alive. In the beginning, the waves are a hundred feet tall and crashing over you without mercy. They come 10 seconds apart and don't even give you time to catch your breath. Boom, 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 boom. All you can do is hang on and float. After a while, maybe weeks, maybe months, you'll find that the waves are still a hundred feet tall, but they come further apart. When they come, they still crash over you and wipe you out. But in between... You can breathe. You can function. You never know what's going to trigger the grief. It may be a song. It may be a picture. It may be a street intersection. The smell of a cup of coffee. It can just, it can just be about anything. And the wave comes crashing. Boom! But in between waves, there is life. Somewhere down the line, it is different for everybody. 
you'll find that the waves are only 80 feet tall or 50 feet tall. And while they still come, they come further apart. You can see them coming. An anniversary, a birthday, a Christmas, or a landing at O'Hare. You can see it coming for the most part and prepare yourself. And when it washes over you, you know that somehow you will, again, come out of the other side. Soaking wet, sputtering, still hanging on to some tiny piece of the wreckage, but you'll come out. Take it from an old guy. The waves never stop coming. And somehow you don't really want them to. But you learn that you'll survive them. And other waves will come. And, you're and you'll survive them too. If you're lucky, you'll have lots of scars from lots of love and lots of shipwrecks. So that is the end of the Reddit poem that, like I said, I'll make sure I link it in the show notes. I just found it heart-wrenching and beautiful at the same time. And I hope that if you are grieving, that this can help your process of grieving. Right now, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to go blow my nose and then I'll come back and give you some journal prompts that you can use to um, do a little more digging into your own grief and what that process can look like for you. Okay, we are back. Um, I got a chance to blow my nose and I hope that that poem moved you as deeply as it moved me. Um, and just kind of, not necessarily wrapping up the grief, but looking at the other side of grief, per se. Again, I want you to honor whatever grief you have. So whether it is the loss of a fur baby, um, a friend, a family member, you know, a freaking natural disaster that you witness. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't have to justify it. I just want you to honor that grief. And with that being said, I want to bring up some journal prompts. Um, this was probably one of the harder things to come up with because I wanted the grief and the anguish that I went through, I wanted it to mean something. I didn't want it to just be for me and have this little pity party and process it and not learn something from it. I always believe that everything we go through in life is an opportunity to learn as long as we have time to reflect. And I feel like I gave myself enough time to reflect so with that being said, I'm going to dive into some of the journal prompts. And if you want, don't forget, you can always see all of them either in the show notes or you can see them over at margaretstevens.co. All right. Journal prompt number one. Are you grieving or hiding right now? Now, this one was kind of hard to write because grieving and hiding can look very, very similar. The difference is grief is a set or a series of movements where you are slowly moving forward. It could be an inch at a time. It could be 10 seconds at a time. It could be between those waves where you are moving forward. But grief is moving forward. Hiding is where you are choosing to, in some form or another, re-traumatize yourself because you feel guilty about moving forward. So that's going to be the difference between grieving and hiding. Question number two, what does grieving look like for you? So for everyone, it's going to be different. I'm going to have a different grieving process than my husband's going to have. My parents are going to have a different grieving processes process than me. So it doesn't matter what someone else's grieving process looks like. But, you know, whether it's in a calm time that you think about this, or maybe it's in the middle of chaos and shit's hitting the fan, I would like you to start to think about what a grieving process looks like for you. So that might mean finding a way to get some closure. That might mean, you know, creating a 
um, uh, memorial or honoring memories or doing something, whatever it is. I don't want to, I don't want to color what grieving can look like for you, but I want you to have some understanding and some process of what grieving can look like for you so that when you're in the thick of it, you can kind of know where you are at and not get lost in the waves. All right. Question number three. Was there something you wish you would have said or did to help you reach closure at that time? Um, so that can be a lot of, a lot of things. And again, it's going to be, it's going to be an open-ended statement just because I don't want to try and perceive what type of grief you're going through. Um, I ended up discovering that there was something I wish I had done and said during the grieving time. Um, and just the fact that I needed to acknowledge that and honor that and come to terms with that helped me move forward in my grief. I, I, I didn't have to go through the extremes of making this declaration and doing this whole hoopla and this process. For me, knowing that there was something I wish I had done differently, knowing there was something I wish I had said was enough for me to go ahead and move forward and reach closure. Um, and so sometimes that is for you. It doesn't have to be a requirement of grief, but sometimes it can definitely help. Um, you know, and if you don't have the opportunity, obviously, to do or say the things that you did, you know, what what would that look like for you? Does that mean saying it to the ashes or the urn or the burial spot? Does it mean writing a letter? Does it mean talking to someone? Does it mean, you know... I don't know, buying a constellation or in the stars after them or something. I don't know. I don't know what that means for you. But don't let that just get stuck. So if there's something you wish you had said or did, you know, honor it, do it, and figure out how that can help you move forward. Don't just let that feeling get stuck emotionally in your body and it's like ping-ponging all over the place and it doesn't have an outlet. Give it an outlet. All right, question number four. What can you do to honor their memory? So again, whether it's your pet, whether it is a family member, a friend, it doesn't matter what it is. I have different ways for different people in my life of honoring their memory. So for example, my grandfather, he passed when I was really little. Um, and because of him, I've been able to do some pretty amazing things in my life. And he's you know, even though he's gone, he shaped my life in a way that no one else can ever could have ever shaped my life. Um, and so in the little ways that he did shape my life, I like to honor that memory and say thank you. Um, when it comes to my animals, I am pretty neurotic in a good way about having albums on my phone because I'm totally a digital nut job. Um, but I have albums of hundreds, not even just tons, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of photos and videos and pictures and recordings and smoochies and this is and that. So for my, my animals, that is a way that helps me honor their memory. and makes me feel really, really good because I know that no matter what, yes, they may not be with me anymore, but I can still pull up a video of them running around the house, house like a nut job or barking back at me or yelling back at me or us playing tug of war or me and a photo with them looking like a hot mess, but them looking awesome and adorable. So, you know, different, there is different ways you can honor a memory. It doesn't always have to be a picture. Um, for another grandparent of mine, I have rosaries and those were given to me as a gift after they passed. And I love them. They are beautiful. Um, 
I don't necessarily have a ton of pictures or any other versions of a memory, but those rosaries are totally enough. And I feel so lucky and blessed to have them. Um, for my godmother, um, it's the silliest thing in the world, but it means so much to me. Uh, before she passed, I was in my early 20s, uh, she had given me this leather watch. It's a leather band, and it's a cute, wide-faced silver watch. And honestly, it probably doesn't even cost more than 50 bucks. But because she had given it to me, and it was one of my last presents for her, and I know she picked it out for me because I was kind of a new professional, and I was always talking about, like, wanting to make sure I was on time, and this is and that's because I knew how she picked it out and why she picked it out. That $50 watch means the world to me. Um, so a memory and honoring the memory doesn't have to just be pictures. It could sometimes be a physical thing. Sometimes it could be a place. Um, you know, if, if having a special place where the two of you created a lot of memories, if that feels good, then make sure you honor that, you know, whether it is going there, keeping it clean, volunteering, um, just going back and saying a little prayer and saying, thank you. It doesn't, necessarily matter what it is as long as you feel joy and gratitude when you are honoring that memory and then question number five who do you need to reach out to if you feel yourself spiraling out of control with the grief so with that being said sometimes that means a therapist um i've pretty sure I've been honest about it on the podcast. If not, we just haven't gotten into it yet, but I've gone to therapy. I believe that there is nothing wrong with therapy. It doesn't matter why you need therapy. You know, if we can go to the doctor for our teeth, or sorry, obviously the dentist, if we can go to the dentist for our teeth, if we can go to a gynecologist, if we can go to a heart specialist, if we can go through all these other doctors, I genuinely don't understand why there's a big stigma around going to a therapist. So it could be a psychologist. It could be a psychiatrist. It could be a grief counselor. It could be a volunteer grief counselor. It could be your pastor. Um, it could be your uh, shaman. doesn't matter. Someone that would be an authority figure to help you process the grief. Um, I deeply, deeply, deeply believe in that because I know that out of all of the times I've gone to therapy, I've always gone with the intention of having my therapist teach me something so that I could be that much stronger on my own the next time I, I faced whatever it was. So whether it was anxiety or depression or feeling like I was overwhelmed or grief, I always, you know, even I was really, really little and I would go to a, one of my first therapy sessions, the least that I can remember was, oh God, I was in like elementary school. And my grandfather had passed, and I wasn't handling it well, or at least from what I can remember. And I used to go to this, you know, kids' grief counselor in the school. They would pull me out during whatever, you know, free writing or class or whatever it was. But they would pull me out, and I remember her um, just having a soothing voice and us talking and us drawing clouds and these really gorgeous blue colors and just peace. So... I have a very fond and long history of going to therapists when I felt I needed help. So if you feel that you're spiraling, um, you know, I want you to have someone that you could talk to without shame or judgment to help pull you out of that and kind of, 
you know, grab your arms and do what Rose couldn't do for Leo and, you know, Titanic and pull you out of the water because sometimes just holding on isn't enough and it needs to be healthy. So again, it can be a therapist. It could be a counselor. It could be your spouse. It could be a bestie. It could be a 800 hotline. It doesn't matter who it is. It just matters that you know who you could reach out to, even if that means you pay them so that you could honor the grief, process the grief, and not get stuck and spiral into the grief. So with that being said, I kind of want to wrap up the grief part of this podcast. I want to, like I said, say thank you for everyone that has listened to all the previous episodes, everyone that has waited. Um, and I, uh, I finally feel ready to be back to the podcast. I feel like I have a bunch of new things and new perspectives to teach you and share with you and be vulnerable with you. Um, and I also am going to openly admit that I need to get better at building a more flexible schedule um, because obviously there's not a big enough buffer in my life that I can kind of handle a crisis and still have this podcast keep going. Um, while I was you know, processing the grief and all that, sometimes it would just kind of get this like bug and I'd be like, oh my God, I got to work on the podcast. And I did a ton of journaling in regards to what did I want from the podcast? What does it look like a year from now? Who is it meant to serve? You know, and all the kind of nitty gritties and thought processes behind it. Um, eventually, I will either hire a VA or just create more space to where I can actually advertise the stuff on social media. Um, part of me just isn't really that interested in it. But the other part is, you know, chastising myself because I don't want to be selfish. I want this podcast to get into the hands of people that need it. And that could mean either hiring someone um, or just kind of getting out of my own way and, you know, posting this podcast on Facebook and on the Instas and things like that. So, you know, there's thought processes in regards to that. But first and foremost, regardless of Facebook or Instagram or whatever the heck the next hot platform is, you know, None of that really matters. What matters the most is getting out consistent episodes to you guys. So I, let's just say I am working on it. I am working on being more fluid. I am working on figuring out how to deliver consistent episodes to you guys, um, but also not overwhelm you. I don't want to, you know, go crazy and create all of these episodes and podcasts and kind of slam you guys all at once. I miss the two time a week rhythm. I think I just have to tweak the dates or not dates, like the days I release the episodes. Um, they just don't feel in alignment with me anymore. So that part I got to tweak. But like I said, the two times a week feels really, really good. So that is my commitment to you. That is my way to honor the grief that I went through, honor the memory of Angel and Chewy, um, to say that all of the things that I have experienced and witnessed and been blessed to have gone through will not just die with me. They will be recorded somewhere out in the ether so that they can help someone else, um, whether it is grow, whether it is find their voice, whether that means um, just has someone in their ears that they feel, you know, has their back, even if I never meet you in person. 
Um, that is my, that is my way of honoring my baby's memories. Um, I was able to give them an amazing life and I've been very blessed throughout my life. And I feel the calling for lack of a better word to share those blessings and those lessons and those struggles with you because not talking about them feels selfish where in the past it didn't feel selfish. Now it's to the point where I feel I've been so blessed in so many different ways and I've learned things so quickly and I've chosen to sometimes and sometimes I haven't, I've been forced to, but I feel that holding all of this knowledge and this thoughts and this growth inside just feels selfish. Um, so that is, that is my commitment to you. And that is my way of honoring my baby's memories, which is to keep moving forward and to be as vulnerable and as transparent as possible. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So if you have any questions for me, if you need to email me um, because you're going through something right now and you just need someone to talk to, please feel free. Um, just go to the blog, margaretstevens.co. Um, you can go to the podcast page. You can go to the contact me page. Um, you can send me a, you know, a message on the socials. However it is for you to reach out to me, if you need to reach out to someone so that um, you can just kind of grieve and know that you'll be supported, I'm here. Um, I was very, very, very lucky to have people I could reach out to, and I want to make sure that everyone else has that opportunity as well. So don't feel like I'm some person that is unreachable. I am learning to make myself more available in a way that I can show up for you and it can be healthy, um, and also serve you and serve me at the same time, because I'm, I'm here for the service, not for the, the, the stats and the stat, you know, the, I'm here for the service, not the showmanship. I'm here to help. I'm not here to brag. I'm not here to, you know, be boastful or be vain. I'm genuinely here to serve. So with that being said, I'm going to let all of you go. Um, just, just know I missed you a lot, a lot. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you stuck around. Um, and I look forward to creating new podcast memories with you guys and recording these things as a little amber in time. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day. See you on the next one. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.